Welcome to episode 37 of the Catching Up Podcast. I am your host, Connor Kaysen. I am the founder of Find Me Media here in Seattle. I tell stories about all the local businesses and happenings here in our city. I'm also joined by Nick Hughes, founder of Founders Live, a platform for entrepreneurs to connect with each other online at founderslive.com. Today's episode, we are talking about uh, how we brand ourselves. We got some good feedback about uh, giving more intros into who we are and why we're talking about these things. So we talk a little bit about ourselves and we're also talking about Anchor getting acquired by Spotify. Nick is calling from Los Angeles. I am here in Seattle, but I hope you enjoy the show. Please leave us any comments, messages, tweets, DMs, however you'd like to talk with us. We'd love to hear from you. Please enjoy the show. Good morning, Nick. Welcome to episode 37. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. How are you? I am excellent. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from sunny Los Angeles, man. And where are you at currently in Los Um, Angeles? I am in an Uber, uh, actually driving straight into downtown Los Angeles. I got some meetings. Oh, fantastic. So you you got into LA last week. And how did it go? It was great, man. Well, it was actually not great because I get off the plane and it was just pouring rain. <laughs> and you might not have been prepared for that. So I like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to a warm, sunny, you know, Southern California, and then uh, I get off the plane and it literally was like cold and rainy. So the first couple of days I was here, it was just rainy and um, all that. But the last couple of days now, it's been, you know, sunny and it's warm and it. Hey, at least I'm not dealing with snowmageddon. What's going on up there? Yeah, snowpocalypse is like, it, it, it feels like the zombie apocalypse here. Like yesterday, all of these pictures were coming out from the grocery stores. My fiance went to the Safeway in Queen Anne, and it took, she was there for an hour and a half. It no took way. her, I mean, it took her like 45 minutes to check out. There were no carts available. Um, I saw a picture from a Costco, and the Costco had their line going from where the registers are, which are usually in the front all the way to the back of the Costco, right? Which is like the size of a football field. No way. And so I think everyone's just kind of like losing their marbles here right now, thinking it's going to be bad. And part of me thinks it's just going to, it's all hype. A lot of the media companies gave everyone a snow day on Monday. And so now they're just trying to get clicks and get attention to everyone paying attention to the weather. And so I'm a little skeptical right now, but they say it's going to start snowing here around one o'clock and so i've got meetings until about three and then i'm gonna walk home so we'll see how it goes dude is it is it a little weird that i actually am i, I kind of miss the snow uh no i feel yeah i feel like you're kind of like you left and you're missing one of like these great memorable moments that are going to happen in seattle history. i know i'm totally <laughs> i mean it's, it's kind of it sucks but i i can't complain man i can't complain at all yes and and so uh how I know that you had a Founders Live, I believe that was earlier this week in Long Beach. How did that go? Yeah, yeah, it went really well. It was um, this was like this was our fourth event, I believe, in Long Beach, and it was um, it went really well. You could like it, it was like we had a good growth in attendees. There's there's actually about fifty, maybe fifty fifty five attendees there. Um, and you know, it's in a smaller co-working space in Long Beach. And honestly, I think, you know, and not too distant in the future, we're going to outgrow it, but, um, man, it was awesome. And I can just tell you that, you know, 
I think we've talked about this before, but it's hard. It's it's fully hard to determine because um, I only when I'm at an event because I'm there, the response might be a little different than if I'm not there. Yeah. But but dude, any any room I'm in, any city I'm in in the world, it's the same thing, and that is That's so, so cool. cool. It's cool to realize, like, okay, we've got this formula, we've got this thing, and, you know, the response that people have in Seattle is the same response that people have in Long Beach. They love it. Um, it's something that they they want and need, and they're, it's going to grow. And so, um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It worked out really well. That's um, awesome. Who won? Yeah, the uh, company that won is creating this, like, really interesting um, – you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember exactly the pitch. I don't want to butcher it, but um, they, they're they creating this, like, uh, this this kind of uh, software intermediary for um, the medical industry they, um, in healthcare and really just about communication and coordination and, um, you know, understanding, like, you know, a lot of the details of what's going on, especially with – so, like, the presenter opened up with – he had – they had twins and they were very um, premature mm-hmm. and they like were concerned about them even surviving the birth. And so basically after that, they learned about like how disconjointed like the information was and the data about, you know, the health records of the children. And so, oh, wow. um, yeah, really interesting stuff around, you know, just solving a problem that they experienced when they had these premature children. And so they're now trialing it and pushing it through. Um, so really interesting stuff. I forget, I'm sorry, I forget the name. But no, it was, okay. It was great. Um, but man, yeah. So uh, you know, it's um, I'm here this week, and then uh, jump on a plane on Sunday, head up to San Francisco, which would be cool. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. And so um, I know tr- a little bit of transition here. So I got some feedback on the show earlier this week about, um, or you know, our listenership is starting to grow a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're getting you know, a uh, little over 50 views per week on our show, which is a huge, but shout out to all of you that are out there listening. And shout out. The, the feedback was, if someone's jumping into the podcast right now in episode 37, they don't really know who we are or what we do or why we're doing the show. Um, so that I thought was super important. So what I wanted to talk about was just kind of uh, setting up the scene this week to uh, talking about brand and how do you brand yourself and how has it changed personally for you over the years. But I want to kind of set that up as a pillar. So next week, what our episode is about is just an episode about you and me, right? So let's nice. just, we can kind of like give a breakdown, like this is who we are and this is what we do and this is why we're doing the show. Um, and then I think that will help brainstorm a little bit because I want to start putting it in the intro of like, hey, I'm Nick. And I do this, and I'm Connor, and I do this, and this is why we do the show, and then we jump into nice. the show. Oh, very um, good. And so, yeah, so my first topic that, that came out, and I've just been helping a lot of brands with their individual storytelling and branding, but but how how what is your brand, Nick? Like, who is Nick Hughes? What is your brand all about? And how has that changed over the years for you? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I like it. And um, who am I? You know, look, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I, uh, amazingly, if you think about it, so in, in 2011, I, I was, 2011 was the first time that I went full into being an entrepreneur and a a founder of a company and, um, you know, quit my full-time job and started a company. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and around that time, I started my blog, which I named it So Entrepreneurial. And so, you know, I think in the end, you know, when you look at me as an entrepreneur, I mean, that's who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, and then when you think about personal branding and what is my brand, well, now my company is called Founders Live. And so I think when you brand yourself, you really got to look at, is there a word that people attach to you? Mm-hmm. Like literally one word. And that word becomes your brand. And I think, you know, founder is really the word that has been attached to me. And, um, you know, as a founder myself or building a community and a global system of founders, um, you know, again, it's one of those where you're either going to be an expert at it or this is the industry you're in, how you're associated. Um, but I, I would say that my brand hasn't, I guess the only thing about my brand that's changed is like, I've just gotten more, um, I guess more well-known and more um, experience. And so my, my, my wisdom and my advice is much more sound than it was, you know, five, seven years ago, only because I have experience. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and um, I think just, you know, putting out there and just being the person that has started Founders Live, like it's become really cool. And um, so I would say that that's how my brand is really expanded is just simply continuing down the motions taking more ownership of that word that I'm associated with. Okay. And, and so where, where do you see the Nick Hughes founder brand being like going in 2025? <laughs> well, this sounds weird. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I, I you know, I think what, one of the people I look up to the most is Oprah. And if you think about the way Oprah has created essentially a global um, media company and brand herself, um, I see myself going that direction. And so, wow. you know, as, yeah, as like, a, you know, it's, it's part of personality, part of leadership, part of media uh, business, part investment. Um, that, that's, that's where I see myself going. And I think, you know, as Founders Live grows, you know, I think we're going to be one of the bigger, if not the biggest companies in the entrepreneurial space. And it, like, I, dude, I just got off the phone with someone in Estonia, like Tallinn, Estonia, and we're going to launch there like in probably uh, April, you know? And so when, when these things are reaching that corner of the world, like that's where I'm going and that's where the brand is going. Yeah. And I mean, there's yeah. so much global opportunity with what you're creating. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing from just the organic growth of where yeah. people are finding your platform uh, with where it can go and, and how big it could be. Well, and how about you, man? Like, where do you, so let's back up and, you know, talk about your brand and how you formed it. Yeah. So, uh, so my brand revolves, uh, when it comes to one phrase, I guess it's, it's two words, but it's find me, uh, mm-hmm. become what people know me for. And the, and the yellow backpack is part of the brand that I'm trying to create, uh, because I pretty much travel with it everywhere I go. Um, uh, but for me, it's all about discovery. Uh, so right now, I'm mostly telling stories about people and places here in Seattle. Uh, but Find Me, I think, has a very unique opportunity in which I, I always say, like, oh, I want you I want you to find other places. But then there's also an aspect in here that's like, it's about finding myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so much of the content that I create is really just me documenting myself, doing things, meeting people, uh, and having experiences in the city. That it's a lot about me just like finding myself in my journey as like trying to start this company, um, which I named awesome. the same thing. And so 
uh, yeah, the, the, the whole concept of, of finding yourself, finding something new, uh, finding something to be passionate about, kind of that whole sense of discovery is where I'm trying to drive my entire brain right now. But right now, and that's focused specifically on the uh, geographic location of Seattle. But hopefully, if, if I you know, accomplish the goals in this city that I want to do, I, the way I kind of see it is if, if, if I can build a really strong, powerful brand within Seattle, then the rest of the cities you know, we'll fall in line and I'll be able to replicate the model and move to other places or get opportunities to go to Tokyo or go to Paris or go to New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But my big goal is like, there are plenty of people within 30 square miles of Seattle. And if I can kind of become the champion of that area, then it'll all work out for me. I like it. I like it. I like your angle on finding me. It's more in more depth. There's more depth there than than actually on the surface. Like there's more depth than I even thought from, you know, the self-discovery. And um, I also think like, you know, there's just this, like this mobile nature to the world and you're taking advantage of that. And there's many different paths you can take with that brand. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I love the whole like scavenger hunt thing that I've created just because I, especially on Instagram stories where I'm walking around, like I'm in the Starbucks reserve grocery right now in Capitol Hill. And one of the baristas came up to me and he was like, Hey, you're find me in Seattle. Um, and I've had some conversations with them and everything. And he kind of like never thought I was going to show up in this place, but it was, it was the, the only real opportunity place to not freeze my butt off to record this podcast. Um, and so the whole like, real life scavenger hunt I think is a really interesting opportunity that I've been dabbling in with whether it's finding me in person or going and finding these businesses or I've even thought about the idea of uh you know creating little totems right now I have little stickers anybody who finds me in real life they can get a sticker um but I want to make like little totems that create a scavenger hunt so anytime you find whatever you know the challenge is that you get a little totem or some type of keepsake to have man that's awesome so I want to take this transition to uh, this is something we've talked about, not not as much on the podcast, but even in person we did. But um, look, man, I'm on this tour now and it's a very unique. I'm starting to realize how unique this actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And such a great experience. Uh, yet, dude, I don't know why, but, you know, it's just the the so the documenting it and the social media activity is not it doesn't come to me naturally yeah and, and i and i realized for me it's i'm just in the moment dude i i don't necessarily think oh pick up my phone take a picture post it on instagram that just doesn't come to mind instantly and so you know my question to you and, and just kind of having a conversation around it is you know i know we talked about this before but what are you know how should i be going about documenting documenting this thing because i am starting to do that a little more but um you know how, how should i go about this just given your experience like you're that's your life man and you you've really done a good job at it yeah uh i appreciate the compliments thank you um i i think with me it started a lot uh it, it's really just building the repetition of like oh yeah i need to take a photo of this um and and my camera and my camera phone have really become like an integral part of my life where I'm, I'm taking pictures of everything, all the, and and because food is such a central part of it, it it's I mean I eat three times a day, so like every time I eat or I get coffee, it's just natural. Like oh the the plate gets dropped, I take a photo really quick, and it was just setting the cadence of I gotta take a photo. 
Yeah. Because you can always go and upload it on Instagram and tell the story through Instagram afterwards. And that's usually what I do. I, I take photos, everything on my camera roll. And then when I get a moment on the bus or like in transition between meetings, that's when I upload to, to the social networks. And so it's just really about uh, being comfortable with taking pictures of a lot of things and, uh-huh. then, and then deciding what gets posted. But the biggest thing for me was getting comfortable talking to the camera, like holding it out and doing a selfie video and like actually talking to the audience. And when I started doing that, that's actually where I saw the big shift in engagement with people starting to recognize like who I was and, and valuing the opinions that I was giving out because they felt like I was talking directly to them. And that's yeah. just really been uh, about getting over being self-conscious out in public of what people are thinking about me. Uh, right now I carry around this like big vlog camera that's got a big microphone on it and people stare at me everywhere I go with this thing. Um, <laughs> and I've kind of built up the, the lack of caring because when I used to go to restaurants, I had like this, this, uh, Lumi light. That's like a phone case that I used to light up all my food so I can take pictures in dark places. And I've gotten so many looks. I mean, I've had people call me out, be like, you like silly millennials are always taking pictures of your food. Like, why can't you just enjoy the food? Um, but it's like, <laughs> Uh, I, I remember there was a really fancy restaurant here in Seattle and this guy said that to me and I was actually at the restaurant with the marketing manager and we turned to him and we were just like, all this food is free, right? And he just kind of was like, ooh, like, and he was, you know, getting like a fancy steak dinner. And so it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture because they're paying for the food. So there's kind of that trade-off. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's really just about kind of like letting go of worrying about what you look like and, and building the cadence to to posting and yeah i'm on my instagram i think i just had my 600th post um so this is right two a little over two years later now and it's taken a long time like when i go to the beginning of of my instagram feed it's pretty ugly um and it started off and it's just really (laughs) it's been a long journey to build it up and get comfortable and and have a style and a design uh but really like as long as you're not posting anything offensive, there's almost zero bad things that can come from it. So it's one of those things like I just got to post to get out there and I'll develop the story as, as I go. But, but remembering to take a photo is the first step. Yeah. And how do you balance the, um, not, not being neurotic about it? How do you, how do you, uh, manage your, I guess, psyche and emotions? And so, you're not like, oh, I only got X amount of likes on this and all that BS. It's all BS. So all how, BS. Do you, how do you uh, navigate that? Um, in the beginning, you know, I was, I was so concerned with it. And, and I think once I started pretty early on, just because of my sales background, I was able to get like influencer deals and start telling stories. And I was getting free food and just more or less because I was asking and saying, hey, like, if you give me a free sandwich, I'll post on my Instagram account. And businesses were like, cool, that's interesting. No one else is asking us for that. And uh, mm-hmm. so because I could sell, I think that and, – and businesses were working with me. That kind of prevented me from getting too caught up in it. But but there's there's no doubt. Like, I mean, every day I still deal with it, like – I, I'm checking back in, like, oh, how many likes did I get? Do I have any comments? Do I need to respond to these things? And I have to check myself and just be like, that really isn't a metric that is giving me anything, right? Like, the real, the real metric comes down to 
how many DMs am I getting? Like how many people are authentically engaging with me and what kind of businesses are reaching out to me? And so as long as if the, my business is growing, that has become like the factor of is, is social media going the right way? But yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough check. I mean, you got to have thick skin yeah. to, to do this every day. And, and, and I am not surprised why people get so egocentric. I mean, including myself about being on social media and taking pictures of yourself because yeah, there is like a little of that celebrity to it. And uh, it's easy to fall in that hole and I'm super guilty of it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you just kind of have to keep, keep yourself in check and have your support system as well. Keep you in check. Yeah. And uh, I, I can, it's, it's very easy to go down that dark place and, and have a lot of your self-esteem wrapped up in the likes and the comments. Uh, but in the long run, that's not a healthy lifestyle. No, no, that's good stuff, man. Um, so I know that we have, uh, let's just go with one of our other topic of, um, man, Anchor had some big news. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we got on Anchor, I feel like pretty early, uh, after Anchor launched at the, I mean, this coming up on just about a year ago when we started this show and, um, so Anchor just got acquired by Spotify and Spotify. Now I think they have 20% of the listens on Spotify are podcast related. And so I just think that this was such a smart move by Spotify because Anchor really is, is just part of that vertical on instead of just being consumption, it's actually the production and creation of podcasts. And so now Spotify having an arm that says, hey, you can publish and create the, the content as well as listen. I just think it, it was a genius, a genius move. And shout out to all the guys at Anchor. They really had a vision. They saw that there was a need for an easy way to create a show. We've obviously been, uh, can attest to how easy it is. And uh, I'm just very impressed. And in a year, they get acquired. Um, I don't know the number. I don't think the number's out yet. Uh, but I'm just super impressed with Anchor and Spotify acquiring them. I hope the product doesn't change. I hope it just gets better from this acquisition. Uh, but shout out to those guys because I'm sure uh, they're making a ton of money after this. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. And, um, you know, I know we've had a couple wrinkles in our experience. But, Certainly. you know. Dude, that's expected. Early early products are buggy, and it's uh, it's not 100% guaranteed. You know, it's just that's what the way it goes. And so, um, I'm I'm excited for them, and you know, I, I am excited and interested in the future of podcasts, man. Um, you know, I, I've heard the pitch a number of times of like, who's going to be the Netflix of podcasts? Yeah. And I think when you think about that, what is that experience like, and how does it open? doors for you know people like us or brands that um because i do still think man it's the wild west in podcasts and it's hard it's hard to get discovered and grow it and now have we put all of our effort into it no because we got all of our other stuff to do but um but there's a lot a lot more could actually be done in uh the podcast world and i think spotify just made a huge move towards it yeah and and I like that analogy that you make, like who's going to be the Netflix. And obviously iTunes is always going to have a stranglehold because they have all the Apple users. Um, but with Spotify being there, I mean, I don't think anyone would have thought it, it, it makes sense now in hindsight that the music streaming services are going to also dominate the, the audio experience. Um, and I'm curious where all of the, the in-home devices, the, 
the Alexas and the Google HomePods, where those are all going to fit as just maybe a mechanism to deliver yeah. all of the audio content. Uh, but yeah, I mean, audio content, I know Gary Vee has a bunch of content this week out about just his, some of his predictions in, in what's going on. And, and it's so easy to listen, right? So passive. And I know you've got Apple AirPods now. It, it really even makes the experience even more seamless to not be yeah. dealing with the wires. You can just pop the headphones in. I have one headphone in and, and listen to anything at any time. And you yeah. don't have to be fully engaged to, to absorb all the content, which is just super helpful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see where Anchor goes. I hope it stays a standalone platform. I think just having Spotify as a, a, a parent company is going to really benefit them in their growth. Um, and it really opens up a ton of opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool, man. Cool. Well, great to chat. Yeah, Nick, thank you very much. As always, episode 37. Uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Well, like, man, I have at least a down day. To, well, a down day tomorrow, and I'll, I'm going to check out a little more of L.A., but I get a, I fly on Sunday, and I'm in San Francisco, and here we go. <laughs> it's just, dude, life on the road is, is awesome, but it's weird. It's at the same time. It's awesome and weird at the same time, man. Yeah, and it probably, like, never really ends, right? It's no, just kind of like, all right, dude, the next I, I trip, the next couch or I, whatever you're saying. I, 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 the last time I just sat down, was on a couch, watched TV, and veg. I, I don't even like, It has to be two months, maybe a month and a half. Yeah, yeah I mean, your, your so, uh, consumption habits are going to be so different by the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Well, great. Uh, right, uh, safe travels to San Francisco, and we will talk to you next week. All right. See you, Connor. See ya.